Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passion into profits. In this episode, we've got Brandon Edie, a human very involved in his community while also finding time to talent buy and manage large-scale productions. The Go Produce focus of this episode is, how does a promoter develop and support a local scene? If you're curious about joining your local scene as an artist or promoter, then this episode is for you. All right, all right. Thank you, Brandon Edie, for being here. First and foremost, I want to let you know that we do really appreciate your time. So why don't we just go ahead and make the most of it and go produce. Listeners, let me tell you who we've got in store for you today. Brandon Edie, he's been in the music scene since he was 17 years old. He started off with a background in punk, hardcore, and metal, and then today has worked with more bands, artists, groups that can be counted. He is the owner of Summer Camp Productions and is the production manager, manager and talent buyer for the London Music Hall Complex, as well as for festivals. He's evolved with the Embassy when they became Salt Lounge, which is our modern-day London Music Hall. He's worked towards developing artists like Baptized in Blood, who's he's, who he's actually signed to Roadrunner Records. He's worked with the Soap Opera Coma, Searching for Satellites, and also in their early years, he's worked with Alexis on Fire, he's worked with Shad, He's worked with Down with Webster, and well, you know, the list goes on. He's booked for festivals and a stage managed for Canadian Music Week, North by Northeast, Trackside Music Festival. Oh, well, you know, I think you get the point. But that's not all. Brandon also runs and DJs Emo Night in London. He runs Rock and Roll Bingo at Winks Eatery on Tuesdays in London. You can actually find him on Twitch. We'll, sp we'll speak some more on that, actually. But uh, he does a lot of good work for local London businesses. Lastly, before we actually get into the show, I want to let you know this one thing, which is super, super awesome, cool about Brandon, is that he produced Juno Fest 2019 in London, Ontario, which had 140 bands. It had 17 different venues, and it spanned two days. It has been said that he is the guy that every local artist wants to know. Brandon, you are all of this and so much more. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're looking forward no to this. This will be a lot problem. of fun. Yes, yes, that's exactly what we're going for. And we're going to go right into it. And we're going to start off with this segment. This segment is called The Basics. <laughs> yeah, The Basics. What a, what a grumpy sound guy knows he shouldn't be smoking indoors. Uh, <laughs> please, someone make sure he knows that. <laughs> but for this segment, what we're going to do is we're going to run... Ooh, tell us how you really feel. I think he's he's trying. He's even cutting me off now. <laughs> Enough's enough, man. I see you. I see you back there. Alrighty. So the basics, now that we can proceed without interruption, is designed to essentially get you thinking <laughs> off your feet. We're gonna we're gonna hit you with some heavy hitting questions. We're going to explore some interesting perspectives and we're going to avoid surface level questions because no one really cares about those anyway. <laughs> My favorite question to start off with, and we're, we're making this a theme, is what is your first musical memory? Uh, realistically, it was seeing New Kids on the Block when I was nine years old. New Kids. I got, uh, I got dragged by my folks and my sisters who, were, who they were taking. It was in Toronto. Uh, that would definitely probably be it. I mean, aside from listening to uh, Michael Jackson's Bad Album uh, and dancing Shivers around. Down your spine, I've got man. videos of that, which is kind of funny. Me dancing on top of the TV with my Fisher-Price microphone in the hand. Uh, but on, on, like my first, <laughs> the first concert I ever went to was New Kids on the Block, and that was my, my, my most vivid memory. Okay, and was that a time where you almost decided, I need to do more of this? You you're probably young enough to like not know that this is my whole life, but did you want to spend more time? Did you feel the uh, need to? Not at that time, no. Uh, back, back then, I was still striving to be an astronaut hockey player. Um, <laughs> but realistically, no, I was wow. I, honestly, I had the biggest aspirations uh, of being an architect when I was younger. The simple reason was because I was really good at Lego. That's a skill. Yeah. That is definitely a building block. That was, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't until I was in high school uh, that I started thinking about, you know, uh, being in music as a career. And I wrote a, I wrote a paper on it in grade nine, thinking that it was a joke. Oh, no, grade eight. Grade eight, I wrote a paper on 
I was street, I was doing street team for some unknown label in Toronto. Uh, but I wrote a paper on it saying that this is going to be my career someday. Never thought it would happen. It's cool. That's wild. Yeah. That's what, and do you still have access to this paper? Oh no. I mean, my parents, no, no, no my parents gave me everything from, uh, from back in the days, including all my F's and, uh, whatever else, but no, I don't, I don't think I have that still. Yeah. It'd be cool to see how, how obviously their changes, but how accurate your projections were. Oh, probably completely way off. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, on that note, we'll go on to the second question. I mentioned summer camp production. I want to know what the story is behind the actual name of that. <laughs> uh, so this was, yeah, when I was 17, I started this out at the embassy. We were doing shows for uh, some friends who were in high school. And that's kind of where it all started was, you know, just putting on the odd show for, for high school bands who I was friends with. At the embassy? Yeah, at the embassy. Yeah. Um, originally, we were going under the name of Riot Records, but then I was like, I'm not a record label at the time. I want to name this, you know, whatever it was, entity that, that uh, embodied like fun. So the original logo was actually a, a school bus with like people hanging out the windows and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's you where went it came from, from. A was... riot to a school bus for fun? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was it. So I, I don't know. Honestly, it was just like, I saw, I think I saw a school bus one day going to camp and I was like, hey, that looks like fun. Summer camp, summer camp production. cool. We'll do that. That's it. But honestly, like, no, Chuck, uh, a buddy of mine, Chuck Leach, who used to play in a band called Judy Obscure, did the original logo and it was such a crappy like school bus with people hanging out the windows with beers and like, <laughs> that's good yeah yeah no it, it puts a good image in your head and i think if you can have stories like that that actually builds your company it makes it, it it solidifies the culture you know it's not just a boring name that you chose because that's what it is there's there's meaning behind it so it's kind of cool yeah for sure i mean now it's more so just a branding thing than anything else but uh yeah no, which it, is it, huge in today yeah i suppose next question for you I see you like pets. Uh, a little bit. Tell me something about Palooza. I hear you you know a thing or two about that. Yeah, so Palooza, um, it's, it's been going on for 12 years now at Plunkett Estates. Uh, it's a massive outdoor. Massive. Massive. Uh, and I mean, I mean like 35,000 people uh, throughout the day. Um, yeah, it's a massive, massive festival for dogs and for dog lovers. Uh, it takes place on uh, August 15th at Plunkett Estate. It's incredible. There's so much stuff to do. Um, yeah. And then last year I became the, I became the media lead for that. Uh, so that's on the table as well. Um, we're not sure what's happening with this year, obviously because of the pandemic and everything that's going on, but hopefully, and I mean, if not this year, then next year, but, uh, yeah, everybody should check out Palooza, whether you have a dog or don't have a dog, you can find a dog, you can find a cat, or you can just go there and shop see dogs jump in water. Uh, the dock diving is like the craziest thing in the world. What? Yeah. So you watching, count me in. watching these dogs run, I don't know, I don't know whether it's 20 feet or whatever to their owner throwing a ball and then they just jump as far as they can <laughs> off the end of the dock into the pool. It's, it's like incredible to watch these things do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh man. It's amazing. It's, it's so entertaining. It's super cool. That's awesome. Alrighty. Cool. My next question for you is, what is something that people seem to misunderstand about you? <laughs> um, well, there's a lot of things that I think people, no, I don't know. Um, I mean, I hear all the time that I don't get back to them and that means I don't like them. Uh, sometimes I just get busy and overlook emails or I just haven't had the time to, or I open it up when uh, I'm in the car or doing something else to turn the notification off and then I just forget it. Um, can't say that's huh? never happened to me. No, uh, I'm generally a nice person and not a dink <laughs> for the most part. Um, <laughs> that's a pro. Yeah, I'm, I'm very blunt. That's more so it. Uh, I like to tell it what it is and not sugarcoat things, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it's more constructive to be completely honest with somebody than blow smoke up their butts. Beating around the bush and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. It's never in a harmful way, generally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes people can, can receive criticism and be like, oh, they hate me on a personal level when that's actually the complete opposite. I care about you or the situation oh, so much that's why. that I yeah. need to. Yeah. 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 No, I, I feel you. I, I, I see <laughs> your point of view. My last question for this segment is what do you do? What do you enjoy doing during your downtime? I know you got pets. That's busy. I know you've got 
a lot of work going on that's busy but when you can leave uh no most of the time and in in, in any downtime that i've got um hang out with friends hang out with my dogs that, uh, or my wife um or both together we like to we have a go for walks with them take them to the trails uh i mean outside of that i play a lot of video games all right like a lot um <laughs> do you do you, what's 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 your go-to game uh right now i'm playing the final fantasy 7 remake uh i'm also playing animal crossing which i just discovered and that's like a super if you ever want to have a yoga like experience while playing a video game you just sit there and fish um uh, i play nhl <laughs> i play a lot of, i play a lot of nhl i play a lot tell tell hey nice yeah. yeah yeah very nice you so online oh yeah online yeah yeah Beautiful. whether against you got friends to, you got or random to. random 13 year olds who rage quit you know it's still good that's that's almost as gratifying in a sense no no <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> no i hate no, them not. i hate them all when you only have 15 minutes and you want to play one game before you eat dinner and then you don't even get to complete a game that's kind of frustrating <laughs> good point good point yeah, yeah, yeah i mean 13 I, I, also I, I, appreciate most, time. mostly it i mean uh you know a lot of uh the outside of work life revolves around uh you know our animals uh, and my relationships with my wife and my friends if we don't have that, I mean, what's really to life? Yeah, absolutely. Those those are the most important things there. So. There you go. There you go. Well, those are some not so basic questions. I hope you're feeling good. Are you feeling ready to continue? Yeah, let's yes. go. Perfect. Well, <laughs> our next segment is called the speed round. Ah, ah, uh, yeah, speed round. It'll be. It'll be over in a flash before you know it. In the speed round, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you 20 simple questions that are designed to be answered by either a yes, no, this, that, both, or neither. Please do not try and justify your reasoning for your answer until after. We're just going to get through these 20 questions. We're going to test your quick thinking skills. We're going to test your listening skills, and we're going to have fun while we do it all. Cool. Yeah, bro. Let's do it. First question, or I'm not going to say that for every question because that defeats the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start off here. Do you play any instruments? No. If you had toilet paper, do you flip it over or under? Over. Do you like to be in or do you like to be out? Of. Out. Out. You're hungry. You want pizza or a burrito? Pizza. Pizza. Do you prefer movies or TV shows? Uh, TV shows. Do you prefer a life of leisure or of luxury? Leisure. You can only have one meal in the day, breakfast or dinner? You can have breakfast for dinner. So, both. Oh. Say what? You just, you just killed me in my mind. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> Next question. Does your birthday always happen on the same day? Yes. You're a gamer, Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. You like pets, dogs or cats? Dogs. Up or down? Down. Is your TikTok game strong? No. <laughs> no. Yes or no? Yes. Flying or trains? Trains. Are you a patient person? No. <laughs> You're almost offended by that. <laughs> Do you prefer dining or delivery? Uh, dining. Do you prefer promoting, producing, or artist development? Promoting. Promoting. Do you view life glass, glass half full or half empty? Uh, I half full. Yeah, half full. I'm not My glass is never empty, period. So. <laughs> oh, I like that response. <laughs> I, could, I could live with that. Next one is Fresh Prince is a solid comedy show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sometimes the struggle is real. Yeah. Yep. Was that a question? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Well, that, that wraps up the speed round. Do you have anything you want to clarify? That was 20 questions? Jeez. That was 20. Yeah, they're quick. I told you. I told you be over in a flash. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't think that Fresh Prince was com comedic gold? Um, whomever that person is. Stuck in a basement, sitting quickly. on a tricycle, girls getting on my nerves. Hey, 
Hey, I saw that post. <laughs> Don't know if her body is hers. <laughs> so good. So good. Classic guy. Classic guy. Alrighty. Well, that summarizes the speed round. Next up, we've got what's your take? Boo! What's your take? In what's your take, I will be providing you with up to five quotes, statements, topics, or ideas. And I'm going to ask you to share your opinion on that. Simple enough. Good to go. Good to go. Cool, cool, cool. So my first point is, it's right for the artist to blame the promoter when they aren't getting gigs or when something goes wrong at a gig. What's your take? Sorry, say that again. It's, it's right for artists. It's right. It's okay. It's expected for the artist to blame the promoter if something goes wrong at a gig or if the artist isn't getting gigs? Um, I mean, if they're not getting gigs, I disagree with that. Uh, for the reason that you need to work to show promoters that you exist and that you deserve a chance and that you can continuously grow uh, alongside with them to promote about a gig. I mean, that really depends on what the issue was. Um, there are a lot of there are there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of quality promoters, um, and then there are a lot of promoters um, who don't know how to take care of things properly. <laughs> right, fair. Okay, so how would an artist go about proving to a promoter that they have what it takes to like you know secure a good gig and perform? Uh, I mean, a lot of it's like you know. Uh, First, letting them know that you exist by sending them an introduction email or sending them links uh, or a one sheet, um, you know, to them. I, I can't, or a promoter can't book the act if they don't know that they don't exist or if they haven't heard them. Uh, I mean, so a lot step of the times one, get known, right? Step, well, not, yeah, I mean, get known, but also it's, you know, go out there and networking. Uh, like net, net, networking is 90% of this industry. Um, you know, if you're coming out and supporting other shows and other bands, uh, there's a better chance that I'm going to, you know, or that anybody's going to take a look at you and support you. Um, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, it's, you know, showing, showing what you can do live, showing the crowds, just constantly being on top of them, uh, writing good music, coming out with, you know, good quality material, uh, and more so just being, a you know, great, good people, um, who support other bands and the, the scene itself. If they can. It really is a full package that the artist has to provide. And then they have to be able to market that package as well. You can't just really hone and develop all your skills and then not bring it to the table. Because if you don't bring it to the table, you're pretty much just an artist in your bedroom. And and your only fans are yourself and, and, and your mom, maybe. So Yeah, but I mean, that's the case for a lot of bands when they start. Again, I could go on for this for like hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this this yeah. topic alone. But I mean, blaming a promoter for you not getting gigs. No, you got to blame yourself pretty for ludicrous. that. Blame, yeah. blame yourself for that. Yeah, you got to put in work. Exactly. No one's going to do it for you. Cool. On that note, I want to know how you feel about representing absolutely any artist. Would you do that? Like just any, anyone? Like, okay, of, of significance. Not like beginners, like super amateur that won't contribute value, but someone that has done something and does bring some value but maybe they're not the easiest person or maybe they do this or have some kind of bad quality that you just draw the line or you represent every artist that's notable uh no i wouldn't represent every artist uh myself i mean you know back when i was doing the management and and artist development a lot of that um yeah a lot of uh, i was you know it's treated like friendship and family uh, again, I'm not looking to just make money, uh, at a top level, but like, you know, just working with anybody who could be like, uh, you know, D bag Joe, but selling a million records. If we don't get along, I'm right. not going to do it. Right. Or if there's something doesn't, that, doesn't I mean, I'm a, I'm a big, um, I'm a big person of, I like to think character and I like to uh, align myself with people who also have the same, uh, character. It goes a long way. It goes a long way. I mean, at the expense of what are you getting that money, your time and your energy, and arguably both of those are more valuable. So why would you expend those to get that check? Uh, you know, uh, 
conflicts and butting heads nonstop is not a good, you know, working working environment or uh, healthy relationship for some. I mean, a lot of people deal with that and will do that, and that's completely fine. But myself, no. Next one. <clears throat> you are proud of what the local scene has become. What's your take? Yeah, I mean, I'm always proud of what the well. No, I'm I am proud of what the lo- the local scene has become. Um, the local music scene kind of goes in waves a lot of the time, um, but we've always got you know tons and tons and tons of talented artists coming out. That's never that's never been a shortage here uh, in London, at least in my you know 20 years of doing this. Um, but again, it goes in waves. I'd like to see you know uh, more local bands supporting other local bands that they don't normally play with or aren't friends with. Uh, but overall, absolutely, there's there's incredible incredible musicians and top notch. Um, product, I suppose, uh, coming out of this city right now. Uh, and it's incredible. And I mean, you know, you're, you're seeing local bands who are being able to, to sell 700 tickets like Texas King and Ivory Hours and then other people, you know, other bands that are selling out uh, Rum Runners to foreign. It's incredible. So yes, absolutely. I'm definitely proud of what the, the London scene is like. Yeah. Being, being part of the scene for 20 years, it's, you get to see the whole atmosphere from a different perspective. And I think people would be able to appreciate it more in in the sense of like planting a little seed, a literal plant. And then over the next two weeks, you get to actually see it grow for a business and for an actual environment or a whole scene. You're going to see that evolution, but over a greater period of time, but you're actually in the very unique position to, to see something like that. So it's cool to get your perspective on that. Yeah, no, for sure. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, uh, it, it is, I don't know. I, I enjoy being able to have that perspective uh, and yeah. have seen, yeah. you know, two different decades and eight different uh, ups and downs, I suppose. And I'm sure they're going to be more. I mean, that's part of it. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, especially right now with, with, with everything that's going on, but then it'll bounce back stronger. Because, um, I'm yeah, we'll get into that part after, but yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. All right, I've got another question here for what's yo take. This one is on working with Alexis on fire. I've been told that working with Alexis on Fire was an absolute game changer for you. It's one of, uh, I'm putting words in your mouth, but perhaps one of your proudest moments when pulmonary archery was first played on Much Music and then soon after corporate rock radio. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because a lot of screaming, singing bands never really got to there. No, that was honestly, that, that was incredible. And I remember, I remember that vividly. So back, back then, uh, Alexis on Fire were just some, a local band uh, hanging out in Welland uh, and uh, sorry, St. Catharines and Fold, uh, playing at the Shadow and Hideaway and St. Catharines. Um, I was working with Joel Carrier, who's now the head of Dynalone Records and Bedlam Music Management. But he he managed or he ran Bedlam, the Bedlam Society, which was you know the the Niagara region equivalent of uh, summer camp productions. So we were working with the same bands. Um, you know, and we would take them back and forth and book tours for them. Uh, and then just work real close together, which was awesome. Um, you know, and we, we filmed a bunch of their videos. But I remember, yeah, the, the, the first time pulmonary archery was shown on Much Music was a game changer. But more so when FM 96 and other rock radio stations played it. Because you're right, nobody... I mean, we were... We were Alexa and Fire weren't the pioneers of, of Screamo uh, uh, in Canada. I mean, there had been some other bands doing it prior to but they were just the ones that had that crossover uh, quality and when they were doing it right, they were awesome guys and they were, they put on hell of a, hell of a good live shows. Um, That's and, and that, that, you know, that first album uh, and the hard school EP is like, it's incredible. So yeah, no, that was super cool. Uh, I'll never forget that for sure. That is the conclusion of what's your take, which means we're moving on to our fourth segment of this show. If you can see behind me, we've got a wheel challenge, and that is what is next. Next up, we've got the wheel challenge. Wheel challenge. (laughs) In the wheel challenge, what's going to happen is I will spin the wheel for you because of obvious reasons, and then you get to complete whatever task is assigned on each of these tabs. You may get lucky. You may not. But you do have a choice to back out if you don't. If you do not like your challenge, you have the option to answer, uh, let's just say, relatively uncomfortable questions. But 
we'll we'll get there when we do. Are you ready for me to spin? Let me put this in a better position for you. I've always wanted to spin the big wheel. This is your virtual chance to do so. Let's do it. All right, big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no come whammies. On, come on, come on, come on. Oh, we got drawing blindfolded. You said you had your paper handy, right? There we go. All right, cool. I've got a couple different items ready for you to draw. You do have only a 10-second time limit, and you cannot look down. Amazing. No other rules, really. Cool? Cool. Let's do this. So the first one you're going to draw is a base clef. 10, 9, 8. Seven, Jeez. six, uh, yeah. five, four, three, two. You done? Yeah, I think I don't know if that's it. Sound guys, what you think? What you think? It's it's a clef. I don't know which one. My wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here with that clef. That is not the right one. Kind of looks like cherries from a slot machine. <laughs> We can we can we can just pretend like it is. You've got two more options or two more chances to defend. Again, I already told you that I don't play an instrument, so I can't read music either. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're, I hear you. I hear you. Let's see if you could do this one though. Let's draw a puppy face. Oh. Okay. Oh, ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Three, two, I'm excited. One, let's see it. Angry sound guy, what you think of this? What you think of that? Oh, he gives you the pass. That's unreal. All right, one, one. I actually think the, the like puppy at the top. <laughs> I have never seen your uncle, but I, I know, I'm not sure I want to see him after that. We got one more. Let's see if you could take this one, all right? So the last one, last item you're going to draw is a sunflower. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's see it. We got oh, a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Not bad. What you guys think? Not sunflower, bad. yes or nay? Ooh, if you got two out of three, you took this one. Very nice, kinda, very nice. Kind of miscentering the pod, but whatever. Hey, for doing it without your eyes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was too bad. There's only one way to describe that last segment, and that is it's a wheel challenge. Play on words. I love it. <laughs> so oh, I get it. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> You're so punny. <laughs> Thanks. Anyway, our next and last segment is called Clear the Air. Poo. Clear the air is where we ask you to be honest about challenges, about common issues within our industry. We ultimately want to help others become better and to avoid unnecessary hurdles if they don't need to barricade into them. So that's what we're going to do. The first question we've got for you is, where did your interest in music originally come from? And have you ever considered being an artist or developing a skill with an instrument? Uh, I think the, my, my initial interest in music uh, came from my parents. Uh, my dad was a, an avid listener uh, of everything. I mean, I grew, up, I grew up listening to 50s and 60s music. I still do. My dad had all these solid gold cassette tapes that he used to buy from a, a gas oh, wow. station. Um, and, they were, and they were compilations. Before compilation CDs, they were compilation cassettes. Um, so to be able to hear all these different artists on each one, you know, uh, really started. Um, and then just growing up, I listened to the radio nonstop. Uh, I would also listen to the radio while having much music on nonstop. So whether I was, you know, studying, which never happened, um, <laughs> outside playing hockey or, you know, playing video games inside, music was always on. Um, and most of the times on, you know, the two, the two devices that we had, uh, much music and, and yeah. the radio. 
Um, and that's when I really, you know, fell in love with music, uh, especially the summer of 1993 or four, 93, 93. Um, as for had I ever thought about becoming, I mean, yeah, I joked about being in bands all the time. I actually tried to sing for a band in high school once. Yeah. Uh, we were like the Deftones, uh, only okay. not even good uh, yeah. <laughs> or even remotely good. Um, I've tried drumming. I've, I've always said that, I don't know, uh, you know, I've had interest in it, but I've just never got it. Right. Pursued it fully. Fair enough. But, but Fair I enough. mean, if I was to start a band, we would probably sell out. So that'd be cool. I mean, I don't, that, I mean, that don't, I don't mean for money. I mean, like, sell out of any. So that'd be cool. Ah, uh, of course. Of course. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. I'd go. i check it out. See why not. Of course. Who wants to see me fail on stage? Absolutely everybody. <laughs> That's, that, that'll sell for sure. Yeah. That's horrible to say. Right. Our next question is, you've shown... Oh, oh, time out. Before we <clears> move <throat> on to the next question, I want to say... uh. Like that time you fell down the stairs and everyone laughed at you? You got like 7,000 views on YouTube and Facebook now. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who posted it, so I'm not even embarrassed about it. That's hilarious. I have not seen this, so I have to check oh, it out. I'll send it to you. It's great. I was, throwing a, I was throwing a rooftop party and I had a little too much to drink. And I was walking down the stairs at the end of the night and I, uh, I stumbled, but I recovered nicely. Uh, but then my wife casually just walks over top of me, and I think that's what makes the whole video. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's probably thinking, "Oh, he did this again." <laughs> that's again, and this time it's on camera. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I have no shame in that. That's fine. It happens. Hey, it happens <laughs> to everyone. Exactly. Been there, done that. Just but it is. It is pretty. Fu- it, is, it is pretty funny. Uh, I will say, every time it pops up on my memories, I watch it and then I share it, and then it gets more views and more laughs, and that's fine. <laughs> It's better when you can laugh at yourself with others. Oh, I laugh myself without others too, but yeah, especially with others. That's one way to do it too. <laughs> Beautiful. Now we can jump into the next question. You've shown clear deter- or dedication to the local scene since you were a teenager. Some say you've highly contributed to building the foundation, especially in punk and rock, but you're not very often in the limelight for all the work that you do. Um, Despite people knowing who you are and, well, at least knowing of you, why do you think you're not more in the limelight? Is that an active decision? Is it, is it a personal choice? What's going on there? Uh, I don't really like the limelight. Uh, I've said for years, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy who likes music uh, and enjoys seeing people get together to also enjoy music. Um, the limelight's never anything that, you know, I don't know. I'm not progressively going out there to toot my own horn for awards and anything like that. It doesn't, that doesn't, that, that doesn't impact what I do. Um, it, it doesn't motivate me anymore. I'm already pretty motiv- motivated to, uh, to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, I don't know. I, I feel, I, I don't know. Maybe there's just some like, everybody hates me cause I'm real. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't I actively pursue it. Um, it's not, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The reason I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a low key person that people talk about in the background by more people than uh, somebody constantly grabbing attention to a few people. Fair. I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Fair. I have more input that way. I guess but, maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, the real reason I wanted to ask that is because a lot of people will go into this world thinking like, you got to become a celebrity. And if you don't do that, there's nothing else really within the industry. But that's not the case at all. Music is so vast. There's so much that you can do outside of just like simply performing on the big stage, which is what I want to draw attention right. to. Yeah, yeah no, that, that, that's fair. But yeah, like I said, I just, I don't know. I love what I do. Um, I love seeing other people succeed just as much or more than I do. Um, and if I can contribute to that, then that's good. Like I said, I don't know. It's highly gratifying. I agree. I would, I would rather hang out at a show and shake hands uh, to new people coming in than, I don't know, receive an award or do an interview or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird one. Outside of Go Produce, of course. No, I was, oh, yes. No, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I got a little. No, I didn't mean there. it that way. I just, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. The next question that I've got for you is we've covered a little bit, but I want, I want the full force of this. You're known to be rather outspoken on social media. For example, your Twitter account, I'm sure you're familiar with, 
I don't know anymore. It doesn't exist again. Because <laughs> it's currently suspended. Ha, huh, I wonder why. But uh, can you share with us why it is you call people out for things in the way that you do in such a public way? Is it fun? Oh, is it fun? Like, do you uh, just, do you get a tickle out of it? I don't, or... I don't get off on it by any means, no. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the times, especially on social media, is that text tone isn't a thing and it doesn't come across properly. So, and I forget that a lot. So when I post just words, uh, you know, you're not getting either the look on the, my face or the, the way that I'm saying things. Uh, it's not fun. I don't enjoy getting into arguments with people. Um, but I feel like if something is wrong, it should be corrected. Uh, or, if you're a, if, or if your opinion on something is ignorant or misguided, I feel like you should know that it's not. I don't know. I've, I've tried to tone down my swearing. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I feel like that. Like We're doing the, it here. The the uh, the f word to me is like the word the. Um, it has no meaning. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I mean, I I don't get off on it. There's no real reason that I do it. I don't. I don't. It's just how I talk, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then when it's you know one on one on one with the same person, and I can clarify it, they completely understand seventy five percent of the time. Seventy five percent. I mean. That's better than 50% of the time. Like not everybody's going to like you. I, I don't need everybody to like me. I think, I think we should hear that one more time. We don't need everyone to like us. But are you bothered by the fact that you're not active on Twitter because of that? So, well, technically the reason that I'm not active on Twitter right now is because they needed to verify my account and they were sending my code to the London Music Hall so I couldn't get it. The first uh, time I was suspended was because of something that I said towards the president of the United States. Um, no, that I'm not sorry about. Uh, <laughs> what? This is great. So that's why, yeah, I'm trying. I'm currently trying to re-get into my Twitter account, but yeah, yeah. I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I won't. I will say I don't miss it. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Okay. Is I'm curious. I'm curious to know what did you say? All right. Can we say that? Uh for the one that I think the one that was the straw on the camel's back for Twitter after I'd already been banned a few times was like, I, I was, I said something like, I hope you choke on a cheeseburger and somebody reported it as I was wishing him death, which I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I was just saying choke. You can survive. I don't care. You can, but, you can survive after choking. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it, but it was something like that. I don't know. Something stupid. Uh, yeah, some of those like don't need to be said. He doesn't read them, so what's the point of me even doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I've sure. learned. I've learned. I don't know. A disinfectant cheeseburger, maybe. <laughs> A bleach burger. <laughs> okay, I've got one more question here for you. This is for young artists. We we see them at shows and this and that, and they're trying to network and make a name for themselves, but. What is something that they should stop doing? Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, networking is key. Being informed that the band exists is key. But every time you do something, I don't know, I don't need to hear about it. <laughs> just save it up uh, and add it into one big thing or just simulates. I don't know. Um, in terms of networking or just as, an, as a young artist in general? As a young as a young artist in general, they they, I guess, tend to try a lot of different things to see what works for them. How how should they, like, is there something that's actively hurting their career? While they try and figure themselves out. Uh, yeah, communication uh, is a big one. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of young bands still don't know if, you know to show up before doors open because of sound checks and because of staff. Uh, and all that issues. So, I mean, you know, showing up, it should be a rule of thumb that you're at the venue an hour and a half prior to your show. Don't leave as soon as you're done playing. Stick around, support the other bands. Um, and a lot of artists just don't do that because they don't know. Or a lot of a lot just... of a lot of young artists in the local <laughs> level uh, who are you know up and coming. Those are always kind of the same things that they do all the time: show up late, 
leave leave after they're done and not supporting the others um i mean uh i've had other bands that you know they're local bands who have brought out like or sold like five tickets but then they add or try to add 45 people to the guest list but then complain about how there's no money uh in a door split um for them which is kind of counter uh productive and counteractive do you get that often uh, artists trying to get away with that guest lists no i mean usually i set out the rules uh and you know what 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 artists and what bands should expect uh from gig to gig because again i feel like communication is the most uh important thing yeah um you know and, yeah. I, and I do the same in in terms of you know what i expect from them and their levels of uh promotion and marketing not only for their show but for themselves um and some people get you know take it offensively when i'm telling them to or pushing them to to work harder to push not only the show but also themselves um and then eventually they realize that yeah it's helping out with the shows and helping out with our growth um and then then thanks for the nudge i completely understand what you were saying now like it's it's a two-way street both the artist uh, on a local level and myself need to work as hard as possible uh to push them and to push the shows absolutely but i mean absolutely. yeah again like communication is the biggest thing understanding what you're getting into um i don't know just don't be a don't be a don't be a dick don't be a dick fair enough in terms of communication you get uh you receive riders from the artists have you ever received absolutely ridiculous requests where you just are we are we sorry are we branching outside of the local scene now and going back towards like uh you know more established shows yeah sure we can yeah, do that. yeah yeah okay uh yeah i'm i've I've, uh, I've seen some pretty outrageous riders, uh, with things. Um, I mean, yeah, all the time. Uh, most of them are, you know, your stereotypical hummus, chips, water, beer, booze. Uh, I've seen some that have come up before that are like diapers for their baby. And it's like, if no clothing, your child what? isn't a show's responsibility in my opinion. Um, seen other ones where it's the whole the standard uh only red m&ms type thing but it was only one one specific brand of peanuts and i got the wrong peanuts so they wouldn't eat the peanuts uh, <laughs> i mean for the most part for the most part though you know uh you advance all this stuff in 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 advance uh to go over it you know what's essential for them and what's not uh and you work within your budgets for each show and go from there but you know diapers is a, a funny one uh for sure okay that is a very odd request. Um, speaking of odd or weird points in your career, what is the weirdest thing that you saw early in your career? Maybe when you were at the embassy. Oh man, what didn't I see at the embassy? Um, <laughs> so I'm besides, still trying to figure out. Beside the embassy, there was a smaller 140 cap room called the Whippet Lounge, uh, and that's where all the you know the the <clears throat> daytime neighborhood drinkers would go and hang out. Uh, and sit there and drink all day and there was one like that's where we would do some of our bookings and calendar work there but there was one day that uh i was just sitting at the bar having a coffee and all of a sudden i heard this guy scream in the bathroom and another guy ran outside and then five minutes later sorry guy left the bathroom another guy left the bathroom five minutes later screaming and as he's running out the door he's like that asshole sold me drywall uh <laughs> so that was funny um, what <laughs> Come on. Um, but I mean, that was kind of the thing at the time. The, the, the embassy was great for, uh, like, great and vital for everything. But it was, I don't know, people, people knew what kind of dive bar they were getting into there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Those jokes. What about music hall? You ever see anything in the music hall, guest-wise or artist? Any kind of, like, you take a double take. What, what is going on? What am I looking at right now? Um. I mean, we had a, I can't remember who it, uh, sorry, I can't remember, but I'm not going to say which band, uh, cool. but somebody had a bad time. They got, uh, they got ejected for being too drunk and they were one of the, or they were a direct support on, they uh, slept in their bus on the, on the, in the parking lot. We woke up the next morning and the music hall front door was kicked in. Um, you see, we find cups of pee and one guy took a dookie all over the parking lot wall um, from guests. Uh, people not understanding simple rules or why they're being kicked out when they're too intoxicated. 
that you can't I'm you not, can't just I'm you can't drunk. just you can't climb onto the stage and then climb onto all of the band's gear falling over and then not understand why you're I don't know I don't know, you see it all I mean I've definitely seen weirder stuff than that but I'm not going to discuss it uh, <laughs> Fair some enough. of them some time of them can, place. I just feel like it's yeah <laughs> not the time yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I love uh, watching people who are avidly. I mean, I don't love watching it, but you're told not to stage dive. You run up on the stage anyways, stage dive, and there's nobody there because. I feel like that happens more often than not. Oh, it definitely does. Definitely does. Oh, just a group of friends Oof. challenging you feel bad. one another. You, you feel bad, uh, you know, when you laid out all the lines telling them not to do it, and then they, they do it and you know, risk hurting themselves, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are just trying to have a good time, but at the same time, at what expense? You're, you're, you're making There's it a, worse. Yeah, I mean, you should go out there and have the best time that you can uh, live for the music and for that time, but also be respectful and understand all the people around you, including staff, uh, and more importantly, the artist. I mean, you see, tons of, you, you see tons of videos where like people jump on stage and take selfies. That's become a thing. Uh, or was a thing and then they'll get shooed off the stage and something will transpire from that because right you know yeah yes yeah. yes you paid to get into the show that doesn't give you the right to go up there and, and interrupt somebody everything. while they're doing their job so. yeah yeah everyone else in the venue actually paid to be there as well so like you're not any more special than everyone no for sure let's 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 but thanks for buying your ticket coming yeah and uh please buy a ticket for next time too <laughs> <laughs> when this is over please buy all of the tickets Yes, no doubt. I've got another question for you. Um, why have you never left London? I'm sure you've had opportunity maybe to go, maybe even to come back after, but... I mean, I've, I've, I've never left London in a sense of work. I definitely have had, you know, uh, some job offers um, in Toronto and even a couple U.S. cities. Um, I just, I love London too much. I'd rather continue Low to city. Put, uh, put the work in here uh, and a place that I love, uh, that I have my roots in. Um, and again, like you said, being, being able to have seen it for 20 years to see where it's grown and continues to grow and, you know, helping out with, uh, brickworks, I guess, uh, of this new crop. Uh, it's just something that I love too much. Um, and you know, uh, I mean, another big thing was moving to a different city and starting over again means, uh, struggling for, you know, living expenses uh, and everything else. It's not like I'm rich by any means, but starting off in a, the bottom of another company somewhere else in a place that's as expensive as Toronto or something else, just since it doesn't appeal to me. But I, I just, I love London too much. You know, I was born and raised here. Um, I've been able to see the rest of the continent uh, and other places in the world on tour. Uh, awesome. You know, when I was tour managing or, or merch or whatever else, which I was doing for a bunch of years. Um, so being able to see it from that perspective was, was good enough for me to be able to go away and then come back, uh, and continue to, you know, live in the city that I love while continuing to grow, uh, the scene I love with the people I love. Yeah. I mean, your presence is obviously very much appreciated in this city. It's felt, uh, your work does not go unnoticed, but at the same time, the fact that you were, were able to leave and see the rest of the province and, and the rest of the world, some of the rest of the world through your work allows you to see london itself in a different lens oh 100 percent, absolutely capacity. absolutely yeah and i mean there yeah. you know there was uh there were a couple of years where i was you know in toronto um every other week for the week uh so again getting out of there or, or ottawa uh like outside of outside of touring um but then yeah you just come back and you realize that it's the same just different <laughs> yep it's <laughs> the same just different but that almost means that you're different you've changed you've grown mm. Maybe. Again, I'm, tr I'm trying to swear less. <laughs> I see. I can see you're trying and it's not yeah. going unnoticed. I know, right? <laughs> Brandon, that was so much fun. Um, that, does, that brings us to the end of the episode. I mean, we've got, we've got nothing else right now. We are super pumped that you were able to take some time and join us here. Do you have any last words for our listeners or yeah, can they find say, you anywhere? I was going to say one, one last thing. So, um, you know, you, you brought back, uh, every, every Tuesday at Wink's I do rock and roll bingo, but now because of the, the pandemic and isolation, we are trying to find ways to have fun while supporting, uh, you know, London businesses, uh, and other communities that are in need. So I brought rock and roll bingo to Twitch. 
So we're doing Rock and Roll Bingo every Tuesday night from 8 to 11 o'clock or so. It's the same fun. Um, so what we're doing is it's a $10 buy-in. $5 of that goes to uh, whatever organization. The remaining of that goes to purchasing gifts from local businesses uh, to give away. So your donations are actually supporting uh, restaurants, uh, retailers. Uh, in the case tonight, our, uh, we raised $1,750 tonight. We're also giving away awesome. $750 in prizes that we sourced from uh, local London businesses to help support them and keep them going during this crisis where a lot of people don't know if there's going to be any end in sight. So I mean, this will be the fourth week that we've done it. And so far, you know, I've raised about $3,500 for Winks, $3,000 for other businesses. Um, and, it, and it's been a lot of fun. So you can find that uh, Twitch TV slash Brandon Edie every Tuesday night. You do need to sign in or sign up in advance. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Brandon Edie, Twitter, not currently, uh, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram at Brandon Edie, uh, Summer Camp Productions, London Music Hall, Winx, whatever. All They're right, all, all right. And I will include all of those show uh, those links in the show notes. So don't don't try and scramble everything right now if you're listening. That was amazing. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Grumpy sound guy, you made yourself present and uh, maybe next time not so much because we don't really like you that much, but thank you for doing what you got to do. <laughs> Shout out to Prevail Media Group and the team. He, looked, he reminds me of somebody and I can't figure it out. Yeah, just an angry, angry old fart. I do but, like those glasses though. I got to figure out where I can get them. Nope. He's got a dope cigar too, but yeah. we told him not to smoke inside. You're fired. I think that's a J actually. Ooh, I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> I got to go speaking of. <laughs> but that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon, and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou, and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce. <laughs>